So we want to welcome everyone uh, to this Facebook Live uh, recording. And Actually, we will be it's recording. not Facebook Live. No, it's Zoom. I'm sorry. We're on Zoom. I can't remember which platform I'm I on. Know. It's like, this is the world we are living in right now. Yeah. So my apologies. So Zoom, this will be recorded. So uh, and it will be on our YouTube channel. And we can give you some of the details on that uh, as we go along in the conversation. So uh, we're here to talk about the Enneagram and prayer during crisis. Uh, Claire and I, Claire uh, and Scott Lurridge and Doug and Adele Calhoun, uh, we are all the co-authors of Spiritual Rhythms for the Enneagram. So we're just really grateful that um, in the midst of everything going on in all of our lives right now, there's a lot of commonality. And there's also the uniqueness that comes with each one of our lives uh, we join together. Um, and so we'd like to start out just with a word of prayer. And um seems like the place to start any conversation mm-hmm. in this uh, season that we're in. So, Lord, we uh, open ourselves, first of all, to uh, the ability that uh, is found in you that is beyond um, all of the leaders and doctors and uh, scientists um, and everyone that is bringing all their effort to try to bring an end to this virus that is so prevalent around the world. So we pray, God, uh, for just... uh, your greatness to envelop not only our conversation, but all things that so many people are putting their hands to and minds to and hearts to on this day. We pray for your presence in our conversation and we pray for leading that um, for all of us, there's different anxieties and fears and concerns that we're all processing and we pray that uh, by your spirit you would reach into those places in our lives and bring the comfort and guidance that can only come from you and we want to invite you to just take a breath put everything down and maybe feel your feet on the floor for a minute Scientists are telling us from University of Michigan to breathe in to a count of four and hold to a count of four and breathe out to a count of four. But this is a good way for us to ground ourselves even in our breath. Maybe in this moment you can just notice what it's like to be you at the moment. And notice without judgment. Welcome your humanity. All that is unresolved. Gentle with yourself here. 
And we also welcome the God who is far beyond and deep within. Come, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. Amen. Amen. So our plan today is to um, take some time to look at how do each of our Enneagram numbers, uh, how are they likely to be responding to this crisis? And what are some of the ways that we can learn to pray into those responses and lead us back to our true self? And we want to um, note that we're going to be looking at not just our one number, but the, the harmony triad that we're connected to. And we realize we have all of the nine numbers in us, so it's good to listen to everybody because they're going to be showing up. But particularly, what's, what's your main number? What happens to you when you get triggered? And how is it that God can begin to pull you back to a place of centeredness and an ability to cope with this enormous crisis in a very different way? And how does your harmony triad help you with that or hurt you with that? So I uh, invite you just to listen along as we go through the triads. And we're going to begin with the gut triad. Uh, grounding us as uh, Claire did in our prayer time. Uh, we'll start with uh, the number eight, and Adele's going to lead us off with that number. And you can feel free to put things in the chat if you have questions or uh, input. So, beloved eights, it's been fascinating to me to watch um, our beloved eights as we have come into this COVID crisis. Um, Two very dear eights to me are behaving very differently. Um, one, the minute the crisis actually became uh, something she didn't think we would kick, and she thought we might kick it, but when she thought, okay, we're not going to kick it, she came up with an Excel sheet. She came up with strategies. How are we going to address this crisis in our neighborhood? How are we going to help people? And so she's been on the front line connecting the church with like school districts and um, local community centers that are needing help or giving help and just organizing and um, driving people into a place of helping those who, who are in need. And that's, that's the eight looking out for the underdog. That is their sweet spot. And so it's, it's been lovely to see this. Um, but there's also a, a sense that on the other side, a, another beloved eight was like so sure that we would kick this, that it wasn't that big a thing, just refuses to believe it's that big a thing. And only as things get more and more dire is willing to say, okay, I guess we aren't. But still is a very cavalier with their own safety. So you know, eights feel cuffed, they feel strong, and they don't want to be vulnerable, and they, they don't want to see this country be vulnerable, and so their power is at work. 
So what would it look like for eights to sort of access their harmony? So you know you can access the harmony both in good and in not so good ways. Um, if you access your eight harmony in a good way, um, you're going to do like friend eight one, who is like thinking about how to help, contemplating the action that would act Actually, you're going to, thinking at five, going to two, how do we love people in this crisis? What would love do? And activating all that wonderful intensity and power that is their God-given design. Um, the other way eights can become uh, sort of pissed off at overreactions in other people, and they sort of discount all the uh, overreactivity and instead of being filled with compassion, they're mad. And instead of accessing their, let me think about it, um, they may, at, in worst case scenario, just go to thinking about everything that could go wrong. Thinking about all the people in their lives that could be hurt. Now, you have to, that's, that's not the usual, but it, it does happen. So anything you guys want to add about our beloved AIDS? Yeah, I think, um, Adele, I want to ask you, you know, I'm thinking about the defense mechanism of denial for, for AIDS, that when we're triggered, when we're in trauma, whether it's capital T trauma or little t trauma, um, the defense mechanism to deny uh, the reality um, you always talk about being with what is. How might that, that serve an eight right now? Well, that's a great question. And I think denial is, well, we'll get through this. Um, we don't need to make a big deal of it. Minimizing, minimizing is their denial. And so, you know, if they go to two and say, these are the people that are in my, my world right now, this household this building, how do I live with the fact that this is what is, this is what I can influence, this is what I can impact. Um, not just the world out there, but how do I receive that this is reality rather than fight the reality and be pissed off at the reality? How do I say, okay, what's the next thing love would do right here in my house right now? And take a breath with that, right? Mm -hmm. Take a moment to breathe in that, and you know how how can I be love in this moment? Yeah, I'm going to take the earphones and see if that helps with the audio. Make make sure your modem is the right modem too. Okay. So Scott, tell us about the beloved nines here. We'll move on around and see and sort of add things as we go. Sure. Um, so my home base is style nine. So, uh, can you hear him now, Doug? Yeah. Claire and I, uh, have for years, uh, well, she's joked and I've laughed because it's so true at how I can, uh, as a nine, uh, how I can minimize uh, 
I can make molehills out of mountains. So um, in my worst moments as a nine or for a nine, we could really minimize. Even yesterday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Apparently even yesterday. Uh-huh. Um, I'm sure yesterday, I'm sure today, and I'm sure tomorrow, but I'll try to, I'll try to become a better person. <laughs> anyway, um, so we can minimize, of course, uh, in, in... And how does that show up like yesterday? I'm, in the nine. I, he just wanted to leave yesterday behind. Apparently, <laughs> apparently you know how it showed up yesterday. Um, well, it's just, uh, you know, Adele, you mentioned for an eight to say, to discount, you know, that this is really what it is. Um, nines are optimists types as well. So, you know, there, it always seems as though it's not as bad as possibly it is, no matter what the situation is. So in this situation, um, uh, the tendency would be, um, this really isn't as bad. Uh, that's kind of an under rumble, uh, as it, it may actually be, or there's always a bright side to it. There can be a way through this that isn't as bad as is being proclaimed mm. so that you carry that into every conversation, right? In every situation and those that are a little bit more anxious, um, you know, a nine is generally wanting to just power that down in themselves, kind of uh, bury that somewhat um, and try to help everyone else uh, power that down and try to look at it through a different lens Sometimes that's really helpful. Sometimes that's not so helpful. Sometimes that actually can bring more anxiety to those that are, you know, wrestling with different traumas. So in a, in a good space, though, it does, it brings a good regulation. Um, and there isn't this kind of chaotic getting carried away in the conversation. And, you know, you can help everybody stay a little more centered, in, including yourself. Um, and this isn't really the end of everything. No matter how this progresses, there are things that can help us make through. And certainly faith, bringing faith into it helps. Yep. Yeah, and I love you. You didn't want to do a particular passage that's in the lectionary for this Sunday. But you, wanna, you want to speak from another passage. Mm-hmm. And just tell everyone what that is. So this is what's coming up for Scott in COVID-19 what he wants to talk about. Well, there's, you know, I, for me, I, um, and I think this really is working in, in my harmony triad as well. And, uh, my tendency is I, I certainly can go, uh, more readily to a three space, try to be effective, uh, and intentional in these moments. So my thought, uh, in, uh, in communicating as a pastor is how can I not only meet people in their fear and anxiety, but help help uh, regulate and bring them uh, through that. So uh, Sunday's passage in the lectionary is actually Lazarus rising from the dead, which I didn't know that uh, until today. We we just prayed that through that this morning, um, but um, also. Uh, my my sense right away, and this will be the second time during kind of how everything has escalated uh, in our area, this will be the second time I've communicated on a Sunday. And my thought is 
I want to talk about Jesus telling the disciples, I'll meet you on the other side. Mm. Um, and he goes up to pray and they go out. He sends them out on a boat and they encounter this horrific storm. And um, yeah, it's just moving toward that three space of we'll get to the other side of this. And then, of course, Jesus obviously meets them out on the water and calls Peter out on the water. It's in Matthew 14. But um, just knowing Jesus will meet us in the storm, but there is another side to this. So that's kind of that nine going to a three space. Um, and then for me right now, as a, as a nine, it's really helpful uh, to ask the good questions. I think that helps me not be so unrealistic mm. uh, about uh, the difficulty that we're all in, where I'm just kind of ignoring it and almost say at times as a nine, you could say, I'm just going to go to sleep and I'll wake up when this is all over and we'll get on from there. But uh, uh, going into that six space and asking good questions and being with those questions and doing the things that need to be done, um, paying attention to the details that need to be paid attention to. So, yeah. And kind of some of the nine. Yeah. What about the one, Doug? <clears throat> well, so the, um, the, uh, the general reminder just, for me as well as you may be that, you know, this eight, nine, one are trying somehow to control things. So the nines are wanting to damp things down because they don't want the chaos and the eights are out there kicking its butt. And the ones I think are likely to say, how do I order things so we can make this work and make it better? And so they're, they've probably listened to every newscast and said, you could have done it better this way, you know, and have an ongoing critique of, you know, why did you do it that way? So there, it's, it's, there's so much here to call upon uh, the judgment um, gene that lives in our head. Um, so we can do that outside. Uh, it's very easy for me to do that listening to what's happening. Um, and then I can think, well, man, I should have gotten this done ahead of time. And why didn't I start doing, you know, so I can just, I then can take that same sense of, why didn't you, or what about this, and uh, put it on me too, and think, why aren't I doing these things? So the the lack of control, uh, really, almost over everything, uh, puts, a, I think, a lot of stress on ones. And so our tendency is to dampen down and tighten up, uh, not dampen down, but I mean, tighten up uh, control of things. So I, uh, the little... Enneagram reminder from the Institute is um, how are you going about cleaning every surface today? Uh, just little things like that. Uh, you know, your house may be the cleanest that's ever been in your life because you can't stop cleaning and it, you don't even have to be OCD. And I don't make fun of that, but you don't have to be that, but you can feel, I got to control something. Mm. And so I think sixes sort of move in that area or ones move in that area uh, when they feel triggered. Uh, and if they're um, sort of going in their harmony route, that, that can also mean then when they get to their four space, uh, they uh, are just like overwhelmed. They're overwhelmed with the emotion of it. They're overwhelmed with how awful this is. And they think we'll never get out of this. So they, they feel even less agency when they move, I think, to the four space. Mm. 
Um, and at seven, then they're, they've got to thank God for Netflix and, you know, prime video. They, they <laughs> didn't watch to their heart's content and they, they, one glass. A of little gluttonous Netflix. A little gluttonous. <laughs> um, and I, I actually think they can end up getting gluttonous about work too. They mm. can sort of over communicate, overdo things on video and zoom and everything and be doing even more. Uh, because more is better in that gluttonous sense. So it, it doesn't even have to be uh, addict, you know, bad addictions, as it were, but just uh, overworking because I feel like that maybe that'll make it better. Uh, so that's the, the unhealthy loop. Um, thank God I'm not doing any of those things. I don't have problems with any of those. <laughs> um, I think the, the good news for ones is that uh, when they're able to um, take all of that lack of control and welcome Jesus into it, uh, there is in the nature of ones this ability of we're going to be okay, um, we can figure this out, and they they often have good ideas about how to make something improve in this situation. What what can we do? Um, and the the fours are with the four strain. They're not just going to be thinking about function, but they're going to be thinking about connection. Mm. How to make that really authentic and not just um, practical? Because ones sort of, I think, left to themselves can be all about practical, mm. and the fours make it personal. And then, thankfully, the sevens are able to say, you know, there's possibilities here. The, the ones can think of everything that go wrong and the sevens can say, there's a lot of things that can happen that are, are positive here. Yes, we're going to have pain and struggle, but look at what could happen. And so on my best day, that's the circle that I can walk and feel healthy and okay. Um, on my worst day, I can do the other corral and uh, it's not so anything you want to add? Well, I, you know, I love that um, you mentioned the whole thing about cleaning surfaces because when we were on the phone with you the other day and you told us that you were even cleaning the, um, the stuff you brought in from the grocery store, I looked at Scott and I was like, should we be cleaning the stuff that we're bringing in from the grocery store? You know, we, it hadn't, and Scott went, no. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm thinking we need to listen to our friend, the one. And, um, and I, I do, you know, I'm not going to name the numbers of Dr. Burks or president Trump or vice president Pence or the governors, but you can hear um, the healthiest things we're doing are bringing in all of the perspectives. And, you know, and so I really felt like you offered me a grace to consider cleaning stuff off that came in the house. And, um, and so we, you know, while um, the defense mechanism of the one is reaction formation, and that might be a way of you controlling things in the world, I don't know, I think washing things and controlling these germs is, you know, really a moment that we're being invited to i i think you're right maybe everybody needs to have a little bit of one going right now hmm. mm -hmm. 
So we also wanted to offer a prayer for each of the triads and our beloved Claire is going to offer that for us so that we can think of some way to, for each sort of part of our being that we know how to bring ourselves to God. Yeah. And so if you, wherever you are, just get comfortable in your body, um, feet flat on the floor, if you can, uncrossing legs and arms, and um, just feel yourself in the seat. Take a deep breath and hold for a count of four and out for a count of four. And I'm going to invite you to practice this little um, prayer practice that, you know, you can just watch if you want to, but I invite you to join in if you can. And this is called a butterfly hug. And it was first discovered after this Hurricane Pauline um, in Mexico in 1999. And a trauma therapist was helping those who had lived through this trauma um, be in their bodies and move the trauma through the body. And whether you realize it or not, we are all experiencing trauma right now. And whether it feels like capital T because you're in New York or lowercase t because you're a farmer in Nebraska, I don't know where you are or what, how you would identify where you are, but we are in trauma. And this butterfly hug is the simple little work of putting your right hand just over your heart and your thumb a little bit under the clavicle and then bringing in your other hand and hooking your thumbs together on your chest in this way. So this is like a butterfly hug right here, right on the heart. If that feels okay, do that. If it doesn't feel okay, you can also just cross on both of your shoulders and give yourself the butterfly hug here in this way, if that's okay. And if it's not, one other way that's just fine is to put your hands down on your lap and your hands down. But wherever you are, whether you're in this butterfly hug here on the shoulders or on your lap, you're going to take a breath. Just take a breath in and down. Hold that breath and then breathe. And then just begin tapping from right to left as hard or as softly as feels good to you. Just back and forth while you're breathing. Back and forth. And you can add an affirmation here. I am a child of God. Or God is enough. Just continue that tapping right to left. You could use your head, heart, gut motion mantra here to be breathing in. For me, it is effective. Loyalty harmonizes. 
And you keep that moving back and forth, this loving touch. Feels like you want to get a little harder with the tapping. Feel free to do that. If you'd like to get a little more gentle with the tapping, do that. Just like someone who loves you would pat you and give you relief. And now take a deep breath. And give thanks that you are not alone in this body that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit is alive in you, holding you, loving you, and moving through trauma with you. Amen. So maybe you even want to just write in the chat bar um, or in in your own journal what that was like for you uh, to practice that kind of kindness um, in your body and that we actually have science to show through um, EMDR. Uh, Trauma therapists can tell us that this is actually helping us to be with our bodies and to move trauma through the body. Um, There are many other practices that you'll find in our book of ways to be in your body uh, that offer um, help for all nine styles, ways to access our body wisdom, to pray in the body. Um, And I just want to say we're being told by Um, Dr. Burks and the other physicians that sleeping and eating and walking are really important for us right now in our bodies. Um, And just notice how you hold your body in prayer right now. You know, if you've got clenched fists, uh, spend some time letting go. Um, Anything else you want to say about the body, uh, Scott or Doug or Adele? I'm muted. If you notice tight places in your body as you're doing the butterfly prayer or just in general, I think that welcome Jesus, welcome prayer into what is closed to open yourself. Because when we're carrying trauma, it's so easy to close down parts of ourselves in a protective way. And that's natural and that's good, but uh, it closes us off to all things, not just some things. Mm -hmm. And so to, to open, to breathe into a place in your body that feels tight and to say, welcome Jesus. Mm -hmm. Welcome. Or I let go something that keeps you open to what is rather than closed down to it will help your relationships and help you through this season, not just hold trauma inside you. So we're going to move on to the heart triad, the two, three, four, um, and do similar things. I 
have a very strong uh, two wing and which has spared my wife from the full brunt of my oneness. Um, uh, twos, um, in, in, this, in this triad, they're particularly anxious about connection and their own worthiness of that connection. And the twos are like, uh, I think probably just plain going nuts because they can see all these needs and they're not supposed to go help anybody. Or if they are, they can't touch them. They can't really be with them. And so the idea that I've got to stay in my house and not be with somebody and actually talk with them and touch them and take them what they need and everything else, I think uh, triggers everything about it too is I'm, I'm, who am I going to be if nobody knows how much I care for them? And so they're likely to be calling everybody under the sun. Um, they're likely to be making meals and sending them to people or taking them to people, even if they're supposed to be in quarantine, uh, because they feel like, what am I going to do? Who am I going to be if I don't get a chance to love these people? And if they watch the news and see all the reports about the various places that are going to be really hard hit, they're just probably in agony over what that's costing them. And so they're, they could go to the five space and imagine all the things that could go wrong. And so they start spinning in their head about everything and they try to come up with solutions and they're reading the reports and then they feel even worse. And then at, at eight, they're just uh, ready to kick somebody's butt and going to go outside. I'm going to go over and fix them a meal no matter what anybody says. I think that would be at least one um, interpretation that they feel like I've just got to act and I'm, I'm going to be really angry if I can't do that. And, you know, if somebody tells them don't do that, they'll probably bite their head off for not letting them go help them. Um, but I just, I the one thing I think is, Twos are sensing even more all the needs of the world and their inability to be able to do anything about it. So I think that's a big, big, big challenge for twos at this point. The health, I hope, would be as they both remember, first of all, their own belovedness, that they are worthy of being loved and they are loved by God. And that they aren't responsible to love the entire world. Um, they can begin asking, who, who is it that I am supposed to be loving and caring for? Who's in my circle? Who's in my proximity? Who within the bounds of safety can I help? And they start getting realistic about their love instead of unrealistic and unlimited. So they start actually um, accepting some of the limits that they have and believing God for what they can do. And that also then they become a little more objective at the five and start thinking, well, I, if I can't go to this person's house, is there somebody else I can connect them with because they're closer by? I mean, they start thinking through options of how their love can still be carried out better, I think. And at eight, they're, they're going to put all those good intentions and ideas into action that's really going to be um, working for the justice and good of a whole lot of people. So they can be um, quite motivating. They can figure out a way to help a lot of people instead of just whining about how, how come I can't get to love people. They, they really move into action. So those would be some of my ideas for the, the love of twos. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So I was, um, I, I'm, you know, wondering about uh, the the twos that don't really look like twos that the self-preservation instinct is on top for them. And um, they actually are, you know, uh, they're really just taking care of themselves um, at this moment. And, and so, you know, just wondering um, how our twos that are self-pres twos are experiencing themselves and, um, and if there's a uh, if there's an inner judge that is bullying you uh, right now during this moment where um, your self preservation instinct really is on top and really on top. So one of the things that I you know I wonder for you know all twos and all all of us all of our types is that um, when we're in trauma, our compulsiveness is bigger than ever, right? if we're not um, really practicing harmony. And, um, and can we just say this? All of us are talking about practicing. None of us are centered all the time. If anybody tells you that, they're selling you snake oil. Um, if somebody's telling you that everybody is good all the time right now, it's not true. We are living in a moment where you could be centered and then out on your edge. And so this noticing how I can stay and, you know, keep all three centers of intelligence welcomed once I notice it's gone again, right? And we let go of the judge. I I loved what you said, Doug, about judgment with the one. But, you know, I just wonder with your real connectivity with the two, how the judge judges your little two. Well, I I think actually each number judges themselves (laughs) some way or another, one's just, they supposedly, they, they get to do it more, but everybody's capable of beating themselves up for not being something. Uh, and so the twos definitely can do that. The threes, by all means, do that. So we'll hear more about that when you start. Anybody else on the two before we go? Well, I, I will say, um, you know, Doug has this famous saying of we're equal opportunity sinners and, and I can pick up the compulsions of all nine styles and certainly the, um, the, the six uh, really comes online for me in moments like this and I sense my anxiety uh, heightening and um, I, I notice that what my anxiety does is I don't move away, but like I come up with five more projects, which may even be why we're on this Zoom call today. I don't know. You know, I, I would say, well, what if we did this? And what if we offered people that? And what if we made sure that, you know, we're, uh, we're on all these platforms? And, and I can feel that inner supervisor just bullying me to make sure that I'm working right? On behalf of the wider world that I'm supposedly supposed to network with. And, um, and so I, I can feel that, that kind of anxiety happening. And, and I'm so grateful to be married uh, to a nine um, that I can say, okay, right now I'm, you know, I'm feeling like I'm responsible to get us through this 
in a very expedited fashion. And so what would that look like? And, and um, with the least loss, you know, we don't want to fail here. And so when I get to name that, I'm actually naming my own um, demons that bully me. And, you know, all of the great teachers uh, from ancient times, um, and I just want to say, beginning with Jesus, says to, you know, to the man with the demons, tell me, what is your name? You know, and I could name a legion right now. And I think one of the beauties of a three that needs to name things is that then there's no facade. So no facade. So Tuesday, Doug and Adele are two of our friends that we go right for the juggler all the time. And we got on the phone (laughs) and I just started naming the things that were, they were just unsettling me, disorienting me. And by the time the conversation was over, because I'm a connection person, and if, I, if I'm telling someone these things that I know will hold me in loving presence, then they actually lose their grip on me. And so I let the little six talk, right? So that then the nine can tell me all will be well, all will be well, and in the end, all will be well. And, um, and I, you know, I, I love Sylvia McGuire is on this call right now. She's a spiritual director and she had on her spiritual direction page the other day that Julian of Norwich actually wrote that, uh, or said that, and she was, she's been quoted ever since during a plague, all will be well, all will be well. And in the end, all will be well. And I believe that is the nine that comes to breathe this peace into us, this be well kind of peace. And, uh, and I think the other thing, I talked a little bit about the walk, but Scott and I took a walk and we were walking past nurses that were going into the, the little hospital in our town. And I just began to cry and thank God for them. I was like, oh, I just appreciate them so much. And I was able to connect with my heart because threes, even though they're heart people, are not always connected with their heart. And it was good for me to be out walking and seeing nurses walking into the hospital and praying for them and and my own, you know, my own beloved nurses and my own family and then the wider world. And then police officers are driving by. I'm crying about the police being out and the food service trucks and the heating and cooling people that are taking... And I I felt so grounded in that practice of being in my body, shedding my tears, praying prayers. It was, and then imagining that the world will be a better place, and we will meet Jesus on the other side and here. And um, so that's been helping me. My three, Mm -hmm. six, and nine together, you know, centering me, bringing me this harmony that I can't get on my own. Amen. Thank you, Claire. Yeah. Now we'll go to the four. Um, I'm a four. And part of the way we, we talk about the feeling triad, not being in touch with their own feelings, but with everybody else's feelings. Well, the, the four um, in me wants to go very deep during this season of crisis and look for meaning and say, what is the meaning of this? And so for me, I become philosophical. I 
think about how this season of crisis fits in with events in Jesus' life. I think about how he didn't heal everybody and how hard it must have been to leave places where there was need and go to other places and how he made those decisions and decisions that doctors are making and um, that they have somebody to be in solidarity with, that Jesus understands that in his human existence, what that may be like, and that there are ways of of finding ourselves in Jesus' story. And for me, the, the finding myself in Jesus' story, whether it's the wilderness time right now, being tempted to do something that is irrational or um, escape or whatever it is, that, that these events happen to Jesus in some way or another, these trials. And so for me, that makes meaning. And when I have meaning, I, I have equanimity. I have the ability to be calm. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I sort of lose that sense of meaning, um, I can just sort of, you mean I'm going to die of everything everybody else is going to die of? And <laughs> I can go to catastrophic thinking. You know, This is going to be terrible, uh, worse than I could dream of, mm-hmm. and worse than anybody could dream of and it's going to hit me and I'm going to die like everybody else, which is a good thing. Um, And if I go to one, I can also, uh, I think become critical of what other people are doing if it doesn't match up with me and what I think is the right thing to do. If I grab the false self one, it doesn't help me at all. It doesn't ground me at all. It just makes, feeds into the catastrophic things that are going wrong. And if I go to seven uh, in an unhealthy way, I will just go watch Netflix with Doug for forever and we'll just binge up there. We'll eat Cheetos and <laughs> drink wine and eat my house to the world tomorrow. <laughs> But oh, we're we not need to invite your nine friends to that. <laughs> <laughs> but practice social distancing. Don't dress on the street. So, but but there is an integration for me of the of myself when I can go to the one and ground myself, because ones are grounded in reality as it is. And part of part of what I'm doing is escaping reality as it is by going into my head and my thoughts rather than landing in my body. So Doug and I try to walk every day. I need to land in my body, talk while I'm walking so that whatever feelings are there actually move through my body and get named rather than just sit there in some out-of-touch way because the the four is very out of touch with the feelings that are going on. And at seven, the healthy seven uh, for Doug and I is a great place. We both uh, have four, seven, one harmony. So when we go there, the seven, that's a lot of fun for us and a lot of creativity and thinking about what possibly we could do and offering our home to children that don't have places to run and play and, our yard is big and mm. so just coming up with ideas of how we can serve 
Um, and so I think one in seven helped me become practical and not in my head. And I need that. Pull me, pull me back down to earth. Mm. <laughs> help me land here and say, what would be a good thing to do for my neighbor? And um, is it write something? I'm a writer. Is it do a podcast? Is it this? Is it say, come play in our yard? Is it bake? I made, I made blueberry scones this morning because it's just a way of doing something in my body and smelling all those good things and giving it to my, my husband and my daughter who are in the house as an act of grace. Hmm. Wish we had smell-o-vision. Yeah. <laughs> I, took, I took the rest of you off the skim and it looks good. Maybe share that recipe in the chat. <laughs> well, maybe we can pray here, a heart prayer. And uh, so again, get comfortable in your body. Put everything down. And um, just feel yourself here in the chair. Notice how you want to hold your hands. Whether they are open, whether you have a loving folding of the hands. Some of us need to keep our energy in because it's always going out, so folding helps. Others of us are always inside, so maybe holding them open is helpful. And then we'll breathe in the way that just feels comfortable and natural. And then put your attention on the center of your chest in the heart region. And begin to breathe, just even noticing breathing right into the center of your chest around the heart. Feel your chest lift up and go down. Keeping your attention right here in the center of your chest. And then allow to come into your mind a person that you're grateful for that has shown you some kindness in your life. Person you're grateful for that at one time in your life or another, they just showed up and just gave you some good gift, some kindness, some connection, some wisdom, whatever it was. And then hold that person even in your breathing into your heart region and your gratitude for them. And if your mind tries to hijack this gratitude moment, just come right back. <laughs> to that person's face and breathe them right into the center of your chest, holding them in gratitude, knowing that God gave that moment, that person in that moment.
and give thanks to God that God's provision was there and will be here in this moment in these days ahead. Amen. Amen. Some of you may know that that's the heart math practice, um, although we've taken into our Christian tradition. Uh, it is actually holding something in gratitude in the heart region for at least 11 seconds. And knowing that positive thoughts um, are kind of like Teflon, they come and they just slide right off unless we intentionally hold it for about 11 seconds. Um, whereas negative thoughts stick like Velcro in a nanosecond. So that that heart prayer actually is regulating your breathing. It's regulating your heartbeat. It's regulating your, um, your blood pressure. And uh, so you can check them out at heartmath.org. Um, and maybe that practice can help you as the, we all have a heart region and um, we're as we welcome the heart of us all. And now we're going to move from the, the heart with the sort of sensitivity and the feelings into the head. Um, it is a, a movement back up into reason and rationale, rationality, knowledge, understanding these good people. Um, invent and improvise and design and give us so much good. Um, the fives at this point. That's Scott. Is Scott. And Scott is going to tell you about them. <laughs> <laughs> you were freestyling. I love it. I like it. I was, I was really ready to. Here uh, comes Scott. Into my five space. Um, <laughs> Show up, yeah. Scott. So uh, <laughs> just a little backdrop uh, for you all because we no have... No pun intended with the five. <laughs> right. We have, uh, we have folks uh, on this Zoom uh, call that are really from different, a lot of different parts of the country. And um, in our part of the country, Michigan, um, our governor uh, has placed further restrictions beyond what the federal government is asking. So a couple days ago, we are in what uh, our governor is calling stay home, stay safe. So the only people that are out and about are essential uh, workers at this point. Um, so similar to what you're seeing in New York, for instance. So we have a five friend, and uh, he told us that this is a five's dream, <laughs> not not the the illness part, no. but just the being really given permission to isolate. It's just like everything. So they, they have so many things going on right now that are just in their sweet spot. They are being told that all of us need to be isolated. So he loves that. It's permission to be away from people for him. Um, the Scott, amount, can I just put in? something here yes please so we have a friend who's a five just tagging on to you who posted on his facebook page i have been preparing for this all my life <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly and then the uh just the avalanche of uh research oh. and conversation and you know whether it's about 
the epidemiology or whether it's about, you know, the virus itself, whether it's about the financial crisis that this is uh, triggering, all of that becomes almost uh, just, it's a smorgasbord for a five in a lot of ways. So um, the, the, you know, that can be not so good, obviously, where you can get stuck um, to be in a conversation with a five right now um, for anyone, especially someone that's anxious, can be just overwhelming where they, because they're so curious about the information and they probably have studied things that they have not even thought about previously. And they just want to tell you everything that they know uh, ad nauseum. Um, and the strategies that they might have to uh, make things work out better. So that can be not so good of a space. And the isolating they have, as Adele says, it's so true, they, they really have spent their life um, kind of preparing for this moment. The beautiful part of that for fives is if they could share that with all of us, how to live into that in a way that wouldn't increase um, fear for us or, um, you know, just the isolation feeling. Uh, They have much to share, I think, for us in in a good way. But obviously that's going to uh, their two space um, and really whether it's the people that are in their home or for those that aren't, um, in just isolation of their home, but just the social distancing, if they could really engage that uh, compassionate space of knowing they, they just have a treasure for all of us in this moment because of this is their home space. And we're now all living uh, in, in a way we're all, we've all been invited to a five space very clearly um, so for them to engage their their heart, their two space, and be compassionate in a compassionate way, share with us what a benefit that can be for all of us. And to know when to stop. Mm-hmm. You know, so we were in a conversation with one five where it was too much information on this virus for me, and I had to move the trauma through my body just knowing these stats that they mm-hmm. gave. It was it was it was more and so watch and be compassionate and ask the question, is it okay for us to keep talking like this right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I would say with, uh, with all of the information and, you know, we're all paying attention to the information and learning new things um, for a five, the way that you have practiced processing information and learning and being curious about things. If you could intentionally kind of go toward an eight space and, really just being more direct and trying Mm. to kind of package what you are understanding and learning and, and getting through this into a, into a packaging size that we could all accept. Um, It would really be helpful for all of us that you just have so much treasure. I think fives do to bring to us in this uh, season. Yeah. Mm. Mm So I think I would say most of all, just this rhythm of moving in and out of the place that you're used to, but then intentionally trying to move into offering that to the rest of us can really be helpful right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you, if you guys have anything else to share with, about that. I'm always um, 
before I had learned about the harmony triads, I, I would be surprised in the fives that I knew the soft tenderness that can be there from the two in their care for people. And I think this is actually a, um, just a wonderful gift when they're in their harmony. They, uh, instead of just being somebody who just knows data, uh, a lot of fives I know are actually trying to figure out something to do with that data that helps people. They're really motivated. How can I help people with what I know? So it's not just, oh, I know this, but there, there's this movement eight towards helping. And so it's always wonderful to see that uh, capacity and realize that that's such a place of health for fives mm-hmm. that they don't feel threatened and scared as much, I don't think, when they're in that flow, even though that puts them out in the world in a way that they wouldn't normally choose. So, I think one more thing about the fives um, is that ones, threes, and fives are all competency types. And so, but they have different motivations behind the competency. And when competency types begin to give their, um, their, their information, their data, their, all of that, um, we can feel stupid. Those of us who are not in that space. And I did notice there was a conversation on one show last night between a Harvard five and a Stanford five as epidemiologists. And, and um, there were parts of that, 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 you know, just felt like I wish they knew the Enneagram um, and could, uh, you know, be a, a little more welcoming of their two. And, um, and so, yeah. So when they are, yeah. So we have the beloved six. Miss Claire? Yeah, so sixes, and Scott's pipe in because this is your harmony triad, but, um, you know, our beloved sixes, you talk about the people that have always been waiting for this. Um, you know, they, they just can't believe that the crisis didn't come sooner. And I'm, I wouldn't say, I don't know that Bill Gates is a six or a five, but he's in, I think he's in the head. But he, if you've seen his TED Talk on this virus from 2019, he talks about, you know, we should not be doing um, a nuclear warfare preparation. We need to be doing germ warfare preparation. And he went into this just brilliant way to say, we need to study what is the next pandemic that is coming. And I think, you know, sixes, when they, um, when they have power to give us what we should be hypervigilant about, it could save our lives. And I remember um, one of the guys that used to be um, on the board, the Enneagram Great Lakes, is a wonderful six. And I told him he, um, he showed us sacred vigilance. And he was like, nobody has ever said my vigilance was sacred. <laughs> you know, and, uh, but I think about during war times, um, those sixes who stood up all night that, you know, guarded, those people uh, that they guard when we don't even know they're guarding. And I I feel like the grace of that six is so beautiful, but I can't even imagine what it's like to be a self-preservation six right now. You know, somebody that's got like the, just so much um, 
fear and and worst case scenario catastrophic thinking happening that the three which is willing to just kind of soar right through and don't give me all the details let's just get it you know let's move forward and the nine that says hey let's sit down and have a cup of tea and let's talk about some things let i'll listen to you forever i will listen to you forever you know, nines can be some of the greatest present listeners. And so if they have all three of those online, they can say, wait a minute here. I'm going to breathe in and down. I'm going to allow myself to welcome the three energy that is, you know, got this. We can do this competently and, and successfully, and we can achieve great things coming out of this. And and we will take this hill and... um uh, you know, and then and then that nine that will say, um, "Peace, be still," and begin to even uh, allow that uh, to ground you. That there, there's peace available. That three six nine can be such a wonderful sacred vigilance for us in a time like this. Mm-hmm. I love um, the fact that sixes are thinking of the common good for all of us right now, Mm -hmm. that this is what they bring. And when they talk about social distancing and they care about the people that aren't observing the distances, they care about the people that are struggling and Mm -hmm. they really are asking the questions that can uh, be questions like Claire said, that think about, how to be prepared, not just now, but in the future. And they are a gift to us. And uh, are we allowed to say one of the sixes you love the most? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Go ahead, Doug. We have a, we, our daughter is a six and she's uh, living. He, she came to work. Um, remotely here rather than in Boston and she never lets us forget the common good in this household <laughs> that's beautiful love to Annalise yeah. so the last one is uh, our beloved sevens and um, we, we made the joke recently or you might have seen the various things about how people are responding to the 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 crisis and maybe initially the sevens were thinking oh my goodness look at all the vacations i can take there won't be anybody on the planes i can go any place i want <laughs> and I, I can take a cruise <laughs> there was some of that you know you know real idealistic thinking the kids are out of school let's go <laughs> uh, so the whole idea that there would be this huge stopping of life Hmm. really, I think, triggering the idea of a seven being bored and uh, trying to deal with everybody's pain. So I would imagine sevens are uh, perhaps struggling with hyperactivity, just trying to like, you know, tapping their feet. Where can I go? What can I do? Um, We have one of our dear beloved friends at church is a seven and 
she's connecting with all the international groups. She's uh, baking food for them and taking them over. She's doing this and she's doing that. And it's just like uh, a little bit like a three that there's got to be a, or maybe it's a six, the project thing you were talking about, Claire. I feel like sevens, if they don't have something they're doing, um, that's a, that means they have to be present. And that's the one thing sevens are struggling with right now. How do I be present in the midst of all this? Mm. So they can go to the one and uh, I think be sort of angry that things aren't, you know, really going well and that there's the possibilities are getting limited. They hate that squeezing in. And at the four, I get sort of martyr-like and, you know, very melancholy of what am I going to do with all this? And how come I can't, you know, find a way out. And I think that's one of the big things that sevens are tempted by is finding a way out. Um, If they are able to remember their own belovedness and the presence of God with them, then they are able to be present. And the, the wonderful gift of a present seven is, um, they open our eyes to things that the rest of us just probably haven't seen. They're great visionaries of the possibilities. And I think adding the ones, uh, here's how we could get this better. They can see that. And the fours creativity and authenticity, they bring a, a sense of flourishing, even in the most difficult situations. So I, I think, um, one of the speakers we were listening to last night says this kind of crisis can be a time of incredible innovation. And I think some of that will come when we have really healthy sevens mm-hmm. who stay present to the moment, not they're not escaping and they're really thinking of what could be better and how can we make this really true and deal with the, the real nature of stuff. They're going to, they're going to create things, even ways about how we do church how we do mission, all kinds of things in a way that we've never seen before Uh, because they can see if they're not trying to escape, if they really face in that all of that sort of internal wiring starts working for the good of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. I feel in some ways that um, sevens, you'll you'll have to say this, but of all the people on the Enneagram that that this is hard for, I feel like I have most compassion or for the sevens and what it means to be, you know, sheltering in your house mm-hmm. and not being out there. Mm-hmm. It is just such a, a discipline to what is required in this place. How do I live at this moment? You know, that needing to ground themselves um, rather than escape. Yeah. Living with limits is just a tough thing. Mm-hmm. We have a, a seven in our family group text that's going on. One of our uh, family members, a, a niece, and uh, she in, she invited us all to download the app called House Party, so we could all be in our own houses and we can come to a collective party. And I think you know one of the things we need from sevens is laughter and joy. We desperately need to remember our 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 sense of humor, you know? Um, and I think if we are paying attention to our own compulsions, we will never cease to be amused. I mean, we can catch ourselves in the act. We can laugh at it. We can say, there I am again. 
and you know, I'm and I'm going to come back to center. I wasn't centered here, and now I'm going to come back. And that we don't judge ourselves, but that we, you know, we um, we allow ourselves to be like the the children that God sees. Uh, that are we're we're trying to make our way through this and practicing best we can, and sometimes we're hitting it, you know, out of the park. Sometimes we are striking out, mm-hmm. but the joy of the Lord really is our strength. Yep, well said. So we have a closing prayer for the heart tri or the head triad. Sure. Head intelligence. What would that be? Yeah, so um, if any of you follow the lectionary and some of you specifically pray as you go, uh, and then, of course, Sunday was the blind man, and then we had the, the man sitting by the pool for 38 years, there's a lot of paying attention to healing, which I think is a great way to end because sevens are optimistic that this is going to be okay. And I do, um, I do believe that we need some optimism here, my friends. I believe that while we need all of these things, we, we also need a little Ella Fitzgerald that accentuates the positive. And, um, and so if we could just, again, breathe and begin to feel our feet on the ground, that we are here now. We don't have the life we left at this moment, and we... We are not in the future yet, but what we have is a moment to breathe right here and now with a group of compassionate people. Many of you we know, and we know you're teachers of the Enneagram, and you're, you're discovering how you can be with your directees, you're discovering how you can be with your clients, you're discovering how you can be with your, uh, your congregation or your your friends, you're discovering ways to be fully present with head, heart, and gut. And so just feel the reality of being here now and that you have what you need right here, right now. God is, God is making that possible. Even in this moment, there's been a word or a phrase or something that will come back to you that God will expand and give you creativity around and that you have what you need right here, right now, in this body, in this body. And then breathing up and even into your heart center and this wonderful gift of heartbeat, that your cardiovascular system is working, that there's blood pumping, that you are alive in this moment for such a time as this. And then even breathing and feeling the crown of your head, just feeling the crown of your head, not just thinking about it, but feeling it. And realizing that even the ability to feel the sensations on your skin comes from this brilliant brain that you've been given in all of these neurons, neurons in the brain, in the heart, in the gut that actually are right now firing and making you curious about the way your body works. And that the scriptures this week, healing stories of someone that it took 38 years, another one that had mud on the eyes and went to the pool of Siloam, 
you may be curious about other healing passages with the woman with the issue of blood just touching and being healed instantly. So we have all the way from 38 years to instant healing. And allow yourself to find yourself in the story of scripture around healing and what is resonating with you, what sparks your curiosity, what passage of scripture around healing is an invitation for you to wonder and journal about and write questions and do some research, like even around the word healing, one of the words in Greek, therapeuo which is where we get our word therapy, and it doesn't happen fast. And yet there is the working of miracles, and God will work miracles in this moment as well, my friends. And so allowing yourself to be in the story of Scripture and to find a place of healing that you can be with, even in this moment, let it come, one that was mentioned or one that just comes to your own brilliant intellect. And welcome that story. And notice what sparks for you around that story. And notice if that story is doing anything in your heart space. There's any kind of emotion that's connected to it. Just welcome it. You don't have to understand all of it, but just wonder if there's an emotion that's coming. And then see if there's something your body wants to do, like lift your hands up or lay flat on the ground. Or kneel in reverence. Or maybe even just massage your neck or your shoulders. or your butterfly prayer, or your heart math prayer, or just patting your legs. And together, let's just say thanks be to God that we have all we need as you live and move and have your being in us, Holy Spirit. We have all we need. We are enough. We have enough, and we will do what is enough. Amen. So, Doug, I know we said um, we knew this was going to be long because we really felt like we didn't want to rush and just do like a quick little Zoom call. And I really, I think many of the people have stayed and um, we have questions in the chat and, you know, you will not be rude if you have to leave. We, we're going to finish this um, 
It's going to be recorded and up on our YouTube channel. And the name of our YouTube channel uh, right now is Enneagram Practices. Enneagram Practices on YouTube. And all of the videos that we've done on our Facebook page are now uploaded there. Um, this will be uploaded as soon as we're able to get it uploaded. And, um, uh, and then just know that, you know, our book, Spiritual Rhythms for the Enneagram, has many of these practices in it. And, um, and we would love, uh, if you feel like this is a healing um, practice, these harmony triads, as we do, um, we, we are practicing every day with these harmony triads. If you believe that that's uh, something that is helpful for you, uh, if this model is helpful, we encourage you to share this video out. Uh, we encourage you to share the book. People have a lot of time to start practicing uh, so that we can emerge from this collective isolation with a more compassionate, centered um, group of Christians and uh, I, I, you know, I have hope that that's part of God's um, meaning in it, that while God did not create this pandemic, the meaning in it is that we could come out and be a more compassionate, empathic, wise, strong uh, group of Christ followers. And part of that empathy is acknowledging that all nine numbers are in us. Mm. And when we can have a little bit of uh, insight as to where our little one is uh, critical of others or where our four is taking a deep dive, then we'll understand others when they do the same and have some grace for them. Mm -hmm. And I think one um, little last nut and bolt, you know, if you'd like to stay connected with us, leave us with your email and we'll put it on the newsletter and things when we put things out to let you know how we continue to practice together, the four of us. Are you going to show up? I'm here. I'm here. I Yes. <laughs> Do you want to say anything before some folks go? Well, just really grateful for everyone's attentiveness. I think um, our prayer coming into this time together is really to try to offer uh, just some help navigating this really unique season in all of our lives. Um, but crisis comes, it'll, it will come in different lives and different forms beyond this. So just having a conversation around crisis and what that looks like as we try to navigate this together, I think is an important uh, conversation to carry us, not just through this, but uh, in the future. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And I'd and, love to know what all nine styles are praying. Like mm -hmm. I know eights are praying that we eradicate. COVID-19, you know, I think there are real specific prayers from types that we'd love to hear from you as well in the chat. Yeah, we were, we were praying as a staff just before lunch and our beloved eight was saying, God, we pray you'll stop this coronavirus right now. You know, it's a Holy Ghost moment. And I thought, well, that, yeah, of course you want to kick its butt. And yes. Time, he had a big two says, for all those people we need to help so he was he was going through his whole you know, harmony triad just right through his prayer so 
Mm. I do want to say that the one thing it it's quite likely that as you listen to this broadcast the first time you were thinking primarily of yourself. That's that's pretty normal. You may have had one other person in mind. Mm. It may be worth at some point going back and listening to the whole thing and saying, so God, where are these other people in my life and how would I love them if this is what they're going through? It's just reiterating what we said about having an, uh, empathy. But it may be actually just intentional that you go back and listen and say, help me see where I'm observing these people and knowing what is it they're going through and how can I be praying for them? Because I do think the way we love each other in this time is going to be critical. And that means being able to love ourselves, certainly, first of all, and then understanding these compulsions that we're each struggling with. What does it mean to love each other through them and around them and for the kingdom of God in them? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Amen, amen. Well, brothers and sisters, I think we'll probably close for the day. We do, well, you do have our Facebook page of uh, Spiritual Rhythms for the Enneagram. You can always uh, uh, write us questions there, and we'll be trying to get back to you. And we will get this up online and if try to tell you it should be on our YouTube channel. If it isn't, we'll let you know something where it is. All right? All right. Beautiful. Thanks, everyone. We're going to try to capture this chat bar as well so that uh, we can even answer these on our Facebook page, Spiritual Rhythms for the Enneagram. Bless you all. God's peace be with you. Psalm 91, protection over you. Stay safe.